the first game? Welcome to the second part, second edition of our mega NFL podcast. This is Jake Albright. It's the Jake Albright podcast. We're here recording on Monday night. And uh, I brought in a little special guest here. He knows he knows the game of football way, way more than I do. So we'll be, we'll be breaking down all the games with him. It's Dante Hainsworth. Dante, welcome to the show, man. How are yes, you? Glad to be on here. Can't, can't wait. Get into it. Can't wait. Let's go. Let's just jump right into it, man. We we're already getting into it, so we, we, uh, we, we want to just jump right into it. We're going to start with the, uh, the Rams and the Packers. I mean, do we want to start here? Do we want to start with the Browns? Because we already talked about the Browns. Yeah. No, let, let's go on over. Let's go on over. All right, let's go on over. All right, we'll, so get, to, we we'll got, get to the Browns game. That we were talking about. I mean, so a little backstory here. Dante is a diehard best road boys fan. He will be uh, – so just be ready for that. Be ready Dude, for I got that. the, I got the flight book already. Just in case we go to Tampa, I got the flight book. <laughs> he's, he's got his tickets ready. He's got to see it. Uh, they, they are surfing the wagons. Dude. You can't. Fun fact, in Buffalo, you cannot – there's no place that you can drive within an hour and find a foldable table. Sold out everywhere within an hour of Buffalo. Sold out. Front yards. I mean, the, the dump, the, the garbage dump's going to be fucking <laughs> – it's going to be full here. It's all going to be set. foldable chairs. No one's going to have any other trash for the next week except for foldable chairs. Well, be great, dude. Oh, babies! Did you see the video of the baby doing it too? Dude, they're Bill Bills fans are the most diehard fans in the NFL. Well, it's well, okay. I mean, I I'm only saying. Look, I'm I may be biased because I'm I'm part of the Bills mafia, but I I but, have to say I think we're the most extreme. We're we're the only team to get. Certain, listen to this, Jacksonville. When we played in Jacksonville three years ago for the first playoff game. The whole state of Florida banned the purchasing of foldable tables. Just I mean, saying. Just he's saying. Just saying. The, the, it's a power. It's a power, movement. Uh, I mean, and we saw. I mean, you saw it too, because you watched that game and just on TV, you could even. That was literally the first game I heard all year with the fans. Like I could yeah. actually hear the fans. Yeah, Buffalo's and, like. Pretty- pretty hard lockdown since because this whole corona thing and so i mean what they allow like six no they didn't how many allowed six thousand seven hundred fans and they usually have about like seventy thousand around seventy yeah but it was still fucking with them it was still fucking with the ravens dude they were loud like Like, it was like snaps yeah no dude interviews after the game players were saying like it sounded like they had a packed stadium in there that's crazy, bro. That's the power of alcohol. <laughs> Dude, Buffalo people the power how, of how beer, to do it. Man. Let me tell you. They know. I mean, all right, all right, all right. We got, we got, we got sidetracked. All right, side back, back to the Packers and the Rams. Packers, Rams, Rodgers. I, so basically, I mean, I don't know if you want to call this the most boring game of the weekend, but it was probably the most disappointing game. I think, I think it's, I think boring is a safe word to go with. It, it was not an exciting game to watch. The first quarter was exciting. It was 3-3, but after that. Basically, I don't know about you, but basically I knew the game was over when I saw Aaron Donald wasn't playing every snap. And so yeah. once I saw that, I, I noticed I that. Donald, I noticed that, and that's when I knew. I was like, if Aaron Donald isn't – Aaron Donald, like, 
their their DBs are only so good without their D line. And when you take out Aaron Donald. So I wanted to ask you about this. And so we're going to get right into this football conversation here. So basically, like the LA defense, right? They play a lot of, a lot of zone. Like they drop back. Like, have you, have you, have you heard about this? How they like their defense this year with their coordinator who just got hired by the chargers. Um, So it's like a newer defense that he's using um, from what I've heard. I don't know how much you know about it, but like they, they really make you run the ball. It's a a lot of zones game. So, so basically what I've like thought about that is if you're going to drop your DBs back and force them to run, and not pressure with your linebackers or your DBs, then you're going to have to rely on pressure from your front. And the Rams can do that because they have the fucking best defensive lineman. Yeah, like, hands down. Fucking, I don't know, since when. Probably since Lawrence Taylor. Um, That's a pretty good was, argument to make there. It's like it works, but then the second I saw that they didn't have the whole reason it worked, I was like, oh. Yeah, no, it, it, it exposed them. Like, it, it really opened up the running game for Green Bay. It, and then it, when you do that, then you can start working in some play action, and then you can just start throwing dimes all day, which yep, is whatever. And then they, hit, they hit Lazard on the – the one that broke the game open was that Lazard touchdown, the, the yeah. touchdown of Lazard. Because from – I, I mean, Lazard is, is used like a lot as a – I mean, he's like their fourth receiver third receiver yeah he was uh he was undrafted and then he signed with green bay and just worked his way all the way up the depth chart yeah so i mean they use him a lot as like a blocker it seems like and like you know he's not he's not focused yeah he's on dude he's a he's a big body and i actually i act there's a place called exos about 10 minutes away from my house over here uh-huh. and it's a huge um training facility where a lot of the top guys in college they they go train there when they're prepping for the combine and he, oh, okay. he oh. was training there at the same time that I was, um, along with, like, Christian Kirk and a bunch of other guys in that draft class. Uh-huh. He, he's, dude, he's a big dude. Like, probably the yeah. big, he was the biggest receiver out of all of them. And then the only person bigger than him to come out of there was DK. So, he's – yeah, no, he's a big body. He's uh, – Yeah, because really his tall. problem is drops. His problem yeah. is drops. Yeah, no, he's not used to Aaron Rodgers throwing the building. <laughs> but, so, I mean, they connected there. That was a dime. And uh, so that kind of broke the game open because once – I mean, with the Rams' offense, we can talk about the Rams' offense too. I mean, without Cooper Cup, uh, they just – Cooper Cup, dude, low-key. I feel like Cooper Cup is like the coldest white boy in the NFL. Oh, dude, what about your man? What about your man? Dude, Cole – all right, Cole Beasley – Cole Beasley's raw like when you need him to be raw. You know what I mean? But like he ain't like – he ain't the one that you want to throw to all the time. Yeah, no, Cooper Cup's at like legit number one. Like he's yeah, been no, that. He's, he's no matter what team he he goes to, it like you could put him on any team, and he'll be the number one slot guy. Because he's just he's just had injuries. Like I don't know if people remember, but the year the Rams made the Super Bowl, he was like the reason they were so yeah, good. No, in dude, the regular he off were, they they connected so well all year. And then he, I think he tore his ACL or something like something. Right yeah, no, playoffs. something like that. But yeah, no, I mean he if he's healthy, he's like their number one. He's I mean him and Robert Woods. That's, yeah, that's a really good duo. Robert Woods had a few uh, bad drops. Yeah, no, he didn't. I mean, they just didn't have a good game. No, no one on the they, it wasn't. I mean, they, they, weren't bad, they weren't themselves. They weren't themselves. They weren't themselves. Golf is just. I don't know if it's the thumb or if it's just golf. Dude, I I wanted that. That's the only excuse I can find. Is just his thumb. It's his thumb, that, but like that was just terrible. 
All I'm gonna say is I wish John Wolford had played. I think John. I think they should play. I think John Wolford. Yeah, you were you like you like him. You think you think he's I nice really like that. I really like John Wolford. I am so <laughs> sad he got hurt that first game, but it's all right. We'll move on. We'll move on from John Wolford. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. I once once I saw Aaron Donald was out, and and then and then the deep ball to Lazard, and the Packers got up by like I think it was ten or thirteen. I mean, there was just nothing the Rams could do after that. Yeah, no, that that second quarter was a game changer for them for sure. Because they just couldn't get the stops. I mean, they yeah, couldn't no, they, they couldn't get scores stop. Like they couldn't do any anything. They I mean, were that just game was down the field. Yeah, that game, like we said, I mean, probably the best word for that game was was just boring. boring. There's no that way to play it. That was just a really good football team playing. I mean, the Rams full full healthy. Full healthy, yeah, full healthy. I think the Rams are winning that game defensively. Yeah, I mean, they that their defense was was yeah. was scary this year. I, I, Aaron Donald. I don't know. I don't know how many players you could say defensively in the NFL actually make a difference if they're out of the yeah. game. Like if they're hurt, like if they're not playing, like does that actually make mm-hmm. a difference? I think Aaron the next guy we'll like, see yeah, that's yeah. like that will be Chase Young. Yeah, Chase Young. Sure. I mean, JJ Watt was like that. Yeah, both of the Watts both, were actually. Both of the that's that's so interesting to me is TJ Watt might be better than JJ Watt, and no yeah, one talks I mean, about that. Based on based on how this season went, and he's like his last first three season. years. Yeah, no, he's on record pace if he stays healthy. Yeah, no, he's dude, he's trekking really nice right now. He's looking good. But I mean, yeah. AJ and TJ. Okay, so who who would you take? Who would you take? The the Watts or the the Bosas? Dude, I'm taking the Bosas. <laughs> oh. uh, actually, I don't know, dude. I don't know. That's so tough. I don't know. That's I kind of I want no. All right, look. Full health, both of them. I'm gonna go with the Bosas. I mean, they're young, and that's, that's what I'm, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, if we're talking right now, like I'm going both Bosas, fully healthy. Yeah, that's scary. I mean, that's scary. That's that's just crazy, bro. That at the same time we got two, two like probably like four of the top ten. When when fully healthy, I mean those mm-hmm. guys like four of the top ten in the league are bro. That's crazy. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of brothers actually just in general in the league. I yeah, know that's a good, that's on a the good Bills, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, their line, their star linebacker, he plays for yeah. the Steelers. Yeah, and so did uh, Diggs so is their brother, brother too. Yeah. Oh yeah, Diggs, Diggs' brother. He got. He's a rookie this year. Yep. Yep. I mean, oh, let's let's get into the Buffalo game. Let's move on from Green Bay Rams. Uh, we, word, word. That's that's enough. That, that there was there's not much to say about that game. There's yeah. I mean, Rodgers did his thing. Aaron Donald was out, and and that's all that needed. I mean, if you if you said that to us before the game, we would have said the same thing would have happened. So. This Buffalo Baltimore game, though, man. I mean, Buffalo fan, how'd you feel coming in? Did you think coming oh, into the game? What What were you thinking, dude? All right, I'm gonna keep it a buck. So, being a Bills fan my whole life, right? Like the Bills, the Bills tend to like this. This is like their thing. Usually, like they they would go like like four and two or like or like six and two, like to start the season off, and like everyone's like, "Yo, like this is the year." And then every the next thing you know, like we just shit the bed the rest of the season, and then we don't either don't make playoffs or we or we lose first round, like like we did to Houston, yeah, and Jacksonville. So, yeah. 
like this is like the first year where I've really seen them like consistently like doing stuff. Yeah, no, this, I mean, I think we've talked about this, but this was the first year it really felt like Buffalo had a, had a real chance. I mean, yeah. they, cause they've made no, the playoffs. Like, like not even, not even like at where they are right now, just like, just, just at least winning a playoff game. Like this was the year where it was like, okay, like I think we really do have a chance of, of, of making a difference here. Yeah, no, I, I mean, cause you've had, surprisingly, I mean, you guys have been on a nice little run here. Uh, I think it's been like three out of four years you've made the playoffs. Yeah, um, ever since we got Josh Allen. There you go. And he's, and he's only improved every single year. Like, the strides he's I, made is insane. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, last year was, he was all right. But, I mean, his yeah. rookie, he was horrible. He was, <laughs> I, I remember people were ready to give up on him. Like, like first, like, for a rookie, like, like based on, like, how they how they intended on him coming in, like, making a huge change, like, he didn't really change much. Like, he, yeah, had, he no. had a winning he had a winning year, but it wasn't a good winning year. It was his defense. It was it's, yeah. and it, And that's crazy when you look at it because, it started with when, you know, when they hired – it was Sean McDermott, too. I want yeah. to give credit to Sean McDermott. Because um, they hired him the same year. 100%. McDermott's out. huge. Um, and it was their defense. I mean, McDermott and their defense carried them that first year to the Yeah, playoffs. their defense was stellar and, for those first two years. I mean, it's still pretty good. But obviously, you guys have just, you know, started spending money. Uh, I mean, I, you you paid Cole Beasley. You obviously got Stephon yep. Diggs, Brown too. We, we got Brown and Beasley uh, the same free agency, and they, and they paid them pretty well for the first year, and then they extended the contracts. Yeah, I mean, you guys have been smart with it, um, and then you guys have a great offensive coordinator who's probably yeah. going to be a head coach uh, next year, Ryan Dable. But. Yeah, no, I mean, so getting into this game, you know, the excitement, you were ready. You know I mean, it was – it was. I was hyped. You could and do this. The, the thing was going into the game, like, again, being a Bills fan and having that history, it's like you do, we really don't know what to expect. Like, like, like obviously we're going into the game like, like yo, like I'm, like I'm going in this game thinking we're going to win this. But at the yeah. same time, it's like, all right, we're playing like Lamar Jackson, bro. <laughs> like, we're playing <laughs> Lamar Jackson. And, and, and given this year, like – the only reason our defense – the only weakness in our defense, I would say, is the run. Yeah. Passing-wise, sure. passing-wise, great. They're, they're great. They got great DBs across 100%. the board. 100%. That's, why I, that's why I plays. thought they might lose to the, the Colts because your yeah. run defense was so bad. And, and the, the Colts had a couple spurts throughout the game where they were just driving down the field with a run. Like, yeah. Huge no, games. that's how they got back in the game. That's yeah. exactly how they got back. Two back-to-back drives. Yeah, they just marched. It was like five plays. I, I think was like the starting drive of that whole thing where they almost came back. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. I talked about that last week. It was, it was two drives in the second half where they they actually started running the ball. And that's, I mean, getting back to it, that's your guys' weakness on defense yeah. is, uh, and I mean as a team because offensively you guys don't really have a weakness. So as a yeah. team. Your weakness really is your run defense. I mean, honestly, I would say offensively, our weakness is the run. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think that's the weakest part of of the offense. And but the thing is, they don't really do it much. Yeah, I mean, you don't do it so, much, and so it doesn't really to... matter. Like like when Zach Moss got hurt, people were like freaking out. I'm like, dude, that's not really going to change much at all for the game because for he are, he's already getting rotated in throughout the game regardless. It's not exactly. like he was like the guy, and they weren't making a huge impact either in the run game. So. Well, we, I want to I get more into what Buffalo does on offense when we talk about Kansas City. 
but yeah, I mean, what they do on offense with the with the short passes, I mean, because that's basically their run game is mm-hmm. like short little passes out yeah. to the flat. And uh, I mean, they do they a couple do QB run. sneaks here and there. That but before Josh hurt his knee, he was huge in the run game. He yeah, I was had, just gonna say, like he's he's got more rushing touchdowns than Saquon Barkley by like a lot. Given the, I mean, obviously Saquon's been hurt, but yeah, the first, their first two years he had like ten more at the end of each year. It was ridiculous. No, I mean that's probably if you for people. I mean, hopefully you've watched Josh Allen by now, but if you, if you, you know, you're just starting to watch Josh Allen, you don't really know much about him. I mean, obviously you're going to know about his arm thing, but like his arm strength and his arm talent. But yeah, his, his that's arm the biggest argu- thing. Arguably the strongest one in the league that is what they talk about. Arguably. Well, we'll see it. We'll find out next weekend. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing I see when I watch him and I'm like, when I'm like, whoa, is his running and his like ability to not only run like, pass a line of scrimmage and pick up yards but also just to get out of the pocket avoid sacks like the Colts in that Colts game uh coming into that game I said the biggest thing was the Colts needed to get pressure on Allen Mm -hmm. um and they did like they literally did um you couldn't ask for more pressure yeah no just literally got out of the pocket ran outside the pocket damn near every play yeah and so that's that's what I, I mean that's why he's so good I think that that is why he should be considered a top tier quarterback is because Somehow he was able to to train or get the ability to uh, accurately throw on the run, which he was yeah. not able to do because he was not very – he's never been accurate. Yeah, no, he was never really a mobile quarterback like that, especially throwing. And they, I, I saw – I read something about how he, like, worked hard on his mechanics over yeah. the offseason. And um, obviously throwing on the run is a huge mechanic that they use in the game, especially now. And he he just grinded it out and like completely changed his whole throwing mechanic head to toe. So exactly. I mean, I think that was it, a huge thing. And he his completion percentage on the run is is it's unreal. Like when he when he if he rolls out to the right, chances are like that's a scary sight. Like chances exactly. are he's gonna throw a deep bomb somewhere over to Diggs. Like I mean, if Patrick Mahomes was in the league, I'd say he's the most scary person doing mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I mean, he's the only person I would put up there with Mahomes. Yeah. Where if he's if he's on the run, I mean, I guess you would just put Rodgers in there because he's fucking Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But um, if he's on the run, like, I'm scared. Oh, now that I'm thinking about it, Russell Wilson, too. But, but if I mean, he's like, on the run, like I'm Russell, but, but they do it differently. You know what I mean? Like, Russell Wilson's more of a yeah. kind of like, like, create space, find space, and then, and then make a good play type of deal. Like, Josh just kind of, he's like, all right, I'm rolling out and, Either I'm trucking you or I'm throwing this thing downfield 50 yards. Like That's true. That's what that's – I'm talking game. about, like, that feeling you get. You know when a quarterback gets out of the pocket, you get that feeling? Like, I get that yep. feeling when Mahomes gets out of the pocket. I'm like – You know something's going to happen. This is this is bad for the defense. Because usually if you can force a quarterback out of the pocket, right, you're a defensive, you're a defensive player. If you can force a quarterback out of the pocket, that's your goal, right? Yeah. You want to make him uncomfortable. You want to get him, get him out of the pocket, get him out of his comfort zone. But if you do that to someone like Mahomes or Allen, like you're screwed. Yeah, those those are the guys that, that you that you want to play more of like a contained game or, or against them. Like yeah, you, I mean, you're gonna you have to put those a guys spy in all the game. So, I mean yeah. that's and that's tough on a defense, right? Because you got to put a player on them the entire game mm-hmm. to spy them. So that's taking someone away from yeah, coverage. And, and that's glitches. what um, that's what the Bills did really well this week. Was that the previous week they showed a lot of a lot of pressure, a lot of blitzes, and this week. Um, obviously, you know, again, their their run game is pretty weak, and 
with Lamar being on the field, that's, that's a, that they, they pretty much run play action every, every single play. It's either play action, RPO, yeah. something like that. So he could either throw, handoff, or run just about every play that he has. And the Bills just ran his own against it with the QB spy, and, and it just took it all away. So, I, yeah, so this is getting into my, one of my questions I was going to ask. So, you know, how, how did you see the Bills' run defense was able to stop the Baltimore run defense? Because the Baltimore run defense is by far the best in the league. I mean, they're one of the best run, de- run offenses, excuse me, ever. I mean, like, yeah, they, no, they get 300 yards run in their sleep. So what did, what did you see that, like, how did, what did Buffalo do, I guess? So uh, the, the thing about Baltimore is their run game is so strong. And people, people tend to forget about the weapons that they have um, at the receiver spot. Yeah. Like, like Hollywood Brown is – that dude is easily top 10 speed in the league. Like yeah, that, guy's, I mean, that guy's a scary sight, the one-on-one. And when you combine that with having Lamar in the backfield, especially with their run, like J.K. Dobbins, he's been having a year. And yeah. he, he did he did pretty well, honestly, in that game. He he had a he had a bunch of good plays. But when you add in those those three factors, it's like you gotta look at their their first priority. Their their number one priority is they wanna either get Lamar the ball in space and just have him run, or they wanna mm-hmm. hand it off. And if that doesn't work, then they start going to the RPOs. And and even if it yeah. is working, that's especially when you go to the RPOs, because then it opens up the game because then you got the defense thinking, all right, they they ran the ball the past three plays. Like, like, like they, they got, they're going to run. Yeah, this, yeah. right? Next thing you know, Lamar pulls it, throws a pass 40 yards down the field for a touchdown. And he's got Hollywood Brown cooking some dude. Yeah. So with the bills, with the bills running, what they did was they brought pressure with their forefront mm-hmm. and then and just kept dropped, the linebackers right? and, and they just had their DBs drop back and had their, their linebackers kind of on a QB spy and, and they were working their ways out to the flat. So it was, they could defend the run in the pass at the same time. So that's kind of, it's kind of a universal defense. It works against either one, no matter what they're doing. So with that, it it really helped them keep Lamar contained. And and every now and then, and as the game went on, they started to blitz a lot more and a lot more. And that's when Lamar started to get swallowed up in the backfield. And and that's where the game just went downhill for them. Yeah. I mean, we saw it with the pick six, but yeah, yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with you. That's what I saw too is, is, uh, you know, that they were dropping everyone back really. And and kind of honestly, like daring them to throw. Yeah, I mean, like they were like, if you want to throw deep, like go ahead, like we're ready for it. Um, and, and as a defensive player, especially being a DB, like that's that's like that's what we want. Like we, yeah. like we, we want like for most weeks, like that was our game plan was we wanted we want them to throw the ball. Like like yeah. I dare you I dare you to throw that ball please throw it like that's most likely it's going to be an interception or or knockdown and especially if you have safeties in zone behind you mm-hmm. that's just fun yeah. that point, that's not even playing football that's just having fun <laughs> <laughs> that's like playing three flags up you just that's what I'm throw saying. it up man let me see if I can get it and and they say look we got cover one you're dropping back where all you're doing is watching the ball yeah watching QBs watching lies in the ball, ball. Just hawking it down. Yeah, man, and 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 we've seen that works on Lamar. I mean, that's what yeah, that's what all teams that have beaten Lamar in the past, the Chargers that first year with Derwin James, um, and then last year with the, with the Titans. I mean, you just you have to have fast linebackers that um, obviously can fucking you know not get not get uh, yeah. you know faked by a, by RPO or an option. 
Mm-hmm. But if you if you have fast linebackers that can spy and cover the run game while while not blitzing, I mean you can that's that's how you're gonna cover the Ravens. Yeah. Because if you can force force them to throw into zone coverage while not allowing them to kill you on the run, then Lamar's it's pretty obvious Lamar's not I don't wanna say he can't do it because he's so young. He's just young. So maybe he's yeah. just not there yet. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't seen it enough at the at that level of experience to be able to know how to play against it. Exactly. I mean, he's getting there. I mean, obviously he's getting better every year. And I mean, that's the thing that I hate about, we can get into Lamar, but the thing I hate about Lamar, or, I mean, not about Lamar, is about the things that people say about Lamar is he's so young. I mean, he's literally in his, this was his third year in the league. Yeah, so it's like, year, it's like, like we give, we gave Baker like three years and and he he just made the playoffs this year, and now we're oh he's finally here now. Mm-hmm. Lamar literally has made the playoffs his rookie year, his second year, and like instead of treating that as some oh great for Lamar, he made the playoffs. Too bad he lost, but he'll get better next year, and he's so young and all this. Yeah, yeah. We were like oh man, Lamar can't Lamar can't do this. Lamar's not good enough. Oh Lamar's so. And I think I think where that came from is because he got so much hype coming in so early on. Yeah. Like Odell, Odell kind of had the same effect. Like he was kind of quiet. And then all of a sudden, like he made one big play to kind of put him on the map per se. Yeah. And then, and then everybody started realizing like, all right, he's really that dude. And then he got like one injury and then people started like, like coming at him or, and then after that, once he kind of like reached that level is people started looking at him as like a top three receiver in the league. So if he has a bad game, they're on his head. Exactly. They're still like that to this day. Like, which it's it's sad to see where Odell's career has gone, but mm. I hope that's not. I hope Lamar just just keeps getting better and better and better. I mean, yeah, we'll see. I mean, because a, a great example, like we were talking about earlier, is Josh Allen. I mean, he made the playoffs his first year and lost, and we all said, "Oh man, Josh Allen, you know, he'll get better. He'll be back." We gave him time, but yeah. you know, if you, it, I mean, I'm not saying we're not doing the same thing with Lamar, but it just feels like that's what some people. Yeah, I, I think some I people think are hating on Lamar. I think the media is definitely at that point. Yeah, and it, I mean, he's definitely. I mean, it's definitely time for him to start start winning playoff games. But he did that this year. I mean, he won one playoff game this mm-hmm. year. I mean, he beat he a really good that, Tennessee that game. Title of that MVP of of being like the best the best guy in the league. Like, you got you got to take your team at least further. Like, we got to start no, talking like sure. championships or, or Super sure. Bowls. In Super Bowls, obviously, that's hard. Only two teams making it every year, but I mean, you gotta start making some making some dents. Exactly. I mean, it's we can talk about the playoffs in general, but just to the ability to win three straight high level football games um, against you know you could play you could play one team one week like the Tennessee Titans who just run the ball down your throat the entire time, and then yeah. the next week you're playing Patrick Mahomes. Like it is so hard to win these win three straight playoff games, especially, like, when you think about who these teams are playing. Like, yeah. Lamar's got to go through Derrick Henry, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's tough, man. It's so, it's so, so hard to do, to win a championship, you know? Yeah. And, and I think, I think the matchups that we've had for, for this particular round, quarterback-wise, whereas oh. I, I think it was the top six in the league for sure. I think, I think it was the top three. And if you look at it, you can really do it by division. You got you got yeah, the old exactly. three guys that are probably the top three in the league. 
mm-hmm. right now, like of all that, that we're ever going to see. Right. Exactly. So like yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees and Tom Brady, those three, those three are, are the best of their generation. If you want to say it. Yep. percent yep. Hands down. And then Shout out my man, Peyton Manning, but yep. Yep. On the other side, we got Josh Allen. Baker, you got the new guys. Lamar yep. and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, the new guys. I it, that was so cool. That was, I mean, that was that, that was a big storyline that they played, but that was very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I, I like, and again, this round, this next round, we got some great matchups. We got Brady versus Rogers, which everybody's gonna. That's gonna that game. I mean, that's saying. that's the most talented quarterback in NFL history versus the most accomplished quarterback in NFL history. Yep. Um, I think and I don't. It's never happened. Play. It's never happened in the in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like in their careers, because because they've never played in a Super Bowl and they've always been in opposite conferences. So, you know, just like the Brady Breeze thing, it's really cool to see see Brady now in, in in the NFC and he's getting he's getting to play all these quarterbacks that he never got to play. Let me let me stop you right there while you brought that up. That Brady's in the NFC mm-hmm. now. I just want to say, go go go. That- that Brady has a better record of making it to the NFC Championship than the Dallas Cowboys do. Just saying. Just saying. Brady has more NFC Championship appearances than the Cowboys since they've been in the NFC. Wow. I mean, zero. Brady got one. one. Dude, I I couldn't imagine being a Cowboys fan. That's got to be brutal. That's got to be brutal. I mean, it's probably worse than being a Browns fan, right? I mean, I mean at least the Browns are good now. At least, the, at, least you're, at least the Browns are good, and they're going to be good for a long time. Yeah, they're going to be good for a while now. They're really young. They're, I mean, and their coach is young. I, everyone's young. As long as they don't fuck it up, um, They'll do the Browns great. will be good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think we've, we've covered this. We should, we should get – speaking of the Browns, that was a good transition right Yeah, there. let's get into that. We should get into this Browns game. Um, Anything, anything last you want to say about Buffalo? Um, shout out, shout out Buffalo. We're going to wish them the best of luck. All I'm going to say is I'll see you in Tampa. We'll do a podcast from Tampa. Okay. I mean, I, you have a chance. You have a chance. My, hey, my prediction, my prediction is, is the Bucks versus the Bills. I think it's going to be Bucks versus Bills. The Bucks. I, I – See, I would like that uh, from you know from a fan perspective, from a from a gambling perspective. I would just I would like all of that. But um, I, I I would like to see Tom Brady in one more Super Bowl. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, and I, dude, I I will be anybody who knows me knows I hate Tom Brady just because of him growing up or me growing up watching him play for New yeah, England Buffalo. That's, that's every year and just ripping my dreams in shreds. So I hate this guy with a passion, but I think that I know he's the goat. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna say that I'm not gonna hate on him and say he's trash because I know he's not. I just don't like him as a person. No, I I a hundred percent. You could not have said that any better. Um, you can't deny his accomplishments, but mm-hmm. you also can't really deny he's not the best person. So yeah, I mean, it will be cool to see. Uh, Maybe, you know, now thinking about it, uh, it would be kind of cool to see Mahomes, Brady, one last time. Yeah. Dude, I don't know if Mahomes is going to play, though. So this is the biggest thing. So let's get into this Browns Browns game, this Browns-Chiefs game. So Browns, 
it looked it looked like the Chiefs were just going to blow them out. Uh, it wasn't necessarily like a blowout score wise, but in that first half, momentum wise, that's that's a tough feeling to to be down like that. Like looking up on the board, not being in double digits, like that's just tough going into half. So, I wanted to ask you. When you're playing football against a really good team, because you play high, high level high school football, so yeah, you know you're probably you've probably been in this situation for your team, you know, blowing other teams out. Um, it just feels like the Chiefs. Um, they just like with their offense, they just control the game. Like it literally, they just start the game and it's like touchdown, and you, we just we're just like, all right, we know exactly what's going to yeah. happen. They get rolling fast, and that's and that's a great thing. Like, it, it feels like – and it used to feel like this with the Patriots, too, with Brady. But it just feels like we know exactly what is going to happen. And, like, you can just be like, yep, they're going to get a stop here. They're going to yeah. score. Patrick Mahomes is going to hold the ball for five minutes. They're going to go on some crazy long drive. They're going to get a score. The offense is going to come out. The other team's offense is going to come out deflated. Like, because – so we saw it in this game. Uh, Baker touched the ball literally three times in the first half. He got the ball on three drives in the first yeah. half. Like, dude, like that is as a from from an offensive perspective, that's the worst thing ever. Is what if you dude, if you don't if you only get like two drives in, in a quarter, like even then, like it's like wow, all right, like this game's moving pretty quickly. Like I've only been on the field twice now. We're yeah. already getting up to, to the second quarter. Like this is not good. Especially yeah. if you're because like you could have that's only two drives. You you can go three and out two times in a game and like that that could not be a difference, right? You go you go three and out two times and you only have three drives, bro. That is tough. Yep. And that's what the Chiefs do to you because they get those stops. And then on mm-hmm. top of that, Patrick Mahomes will hit Tyreek Hill on back to back sixty yard bomb. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, we're down fourteen zero. Defensively, that's it's it's hard to to keep going uh productively on the defensive side of the ball when your offense isn't producing like let's say let's say your defense is doing good like like they're they have a pretty long drive they stop them to they hold them to like a field goal or something right or, or yeah. the, to a punt offense goes on they go three and out you're like all right shit all right well all right we're back on the field like let's just get off the field really quick then you get another decent drive even if it's just a short little drive offense goes three and out again it's like bruh like we can only, it it, we can only stop them so many times. Like without, we can only win this game with us stopping them so many times. Like, like you guys got to start scoring at some point. Yeah, yeah. and and, I, and it, it might not even be the offense's fault because, like, we saw with Cleveland, they kicked a field goal right, so that was kind of a successful drive. And then the second drive, they got killed by penalties. And then mm-hmm. the third drive was that fumble through the end zone. So it was like, it it just is so tough because no matter yet. what. To Sometimes beat the Chiefs, you have to do everything perfectly. Yeah. You have to start the game perfectly. You can't yeah. have one bad quarter. You can't have two bad series in a row. Like, you got to do everything start, yeah. finish perfect. And, and the fact that, that the uh, the Chiefs come out and they just come out hard every game, usually they score in their first drive. Their first two or three every drives, they score. And if you don't score within your first two or three drives, like if you're not within a score – that's that is very bad for you because they're just gonna keep doing that all game, like they can do that all game. We saw it last Super Bowl. I mean, that was like was was that wasn't that like the highest scoring Super Bowl we've ever seen? Yeah, yeah, it, um, yeah. I think other than that Eagles Patriots one, that might have been. Yeah, it was, but no, I mean, 
the whole playoffs last year with, um, you know, this was a big thing. Patrick Mahomes got down by double digits every single playoff game. Oh, that was a huge thing back. all season. He did that all yeah. year. Like, he just come back. Down he bad. Down I, mean, bad. I remember Houston, he was down like – it was like tw- he was down like 24 points. Yeah. Came back in like one quarter or some shit, crazy shit like that. Yeah. No, I mean – what he can do, and, like, the game's never over. Like, I talked about, if he gets out of the pocket, I mean, he's the best quarterback I've probably ever seen. I don't – Yeah, he's – the things he can do all over the field at any point is, is – like, the way he controls the game is just unreal. Exactly. And then, I mean, with those weapons, I mean, it's – it's, it's Yeah, it's obviously, obviously he, like, his, his talent only goes so far once you add in – who he's throwing to. I mean, he's throwing a Tyreek Hill, who's basically unguardable just because he's just that fast. doesn't matter how good of a coverage guy you are. I, we're we're going to talk about this. I, I want to talk about what they do with him in their offense. But Here, let's get into it right now. Let's get it. Uh, so, okay, so basically what I see Kansas City do, and, and Buffalo does this, the Rams do this, a lot of the – I mean, it's obvious just that if you're a good team, you're going to do this, is run motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, pre-snap motion. Kansas City literally does, like, crazy shit. Like, if you were to draw a line of their pre-stat motion, it would literally just be, like, a scribble. Like, basically, Kyrie is just running. Come out in a formation, assess what, what you came out in on defensively, and then he makes adjustments from there. And it's I like – So, I was talking about this last time with Paul. Complete different formation that, that they started out with. It's yeah. unreal. So, I was talking about this last time with Paul, and, and, you know, I want to hear what you think, and hopefully you – you will agree with this, make me not look dumb. But, the, I mean, from what I've read and, and heard is, is why teams use pre-snap motion and why it's so effective is because it forces the defense, especially DBs and linebackers, to show their coverage, right? So if you motion out a, a running back and the, and the cornerback or linebacker follows them out, that means that linebacker's a man. Right? Yeah, but so if he doesn't follow him out, that means he's staying in zone. I mean, there's obviously a lot of other things you can tell from it, but that's just kind of the basic situation. Yeah. Um, so is that is that what I mean? As a football player, is that is that why you guys use pre-snap motion? Or um, I, I would definitely say that that's a pretty good factor for for sure. Um, defensively, um, it, it yeah, just so depends, it depends on the play. Motion. What are you thinking? So like, um, so every week you obviously you watch film, right? You you go over their plays and you come up with a game plan. Yep. So, um, and I would say most of the time, teams really don't run what you see on film. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams, a lot of teams don't have the same playbook for any game. Like if they're running different plays every week, or or the, they'll give you a script of new plays, and then if that's not working, then they just go back to to your basics, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but but motion defensively, like that's that's a that could be a scary sight because all it takes is one person not to remember what they're supposed to do if yeah. we get motion and the whole coverage is shot like uh, so so you could be in you could be in um, man coverage but not go with that motion because you could just roll it right yeah. and and that's where that's where defenses who do well disguising coverages um like like let's say we get a motion from from the outside receiver yeah or man usually you, you would think the corner is going to bump in right yeah he's gonna roll with him nope there's going to keep passing wherever he lines up there's going to keep passing him on to the next guy up until the ball snapped so I said this last night too. This is why I love football. This is I love playing basketball. I love watching basketball. Basketball is just fun. It's just like you can show yourself. You can show it's entertainment. Yeah. Football, 
I mean, and we've talked about this, Dante. Football is fucking batshit, just psycho chess match with fucking real human beings. Like, 22, yeah, no, you, you, you basically gotta, just have you 22 chess pieces. They're all being coached by, like, multiple different coaches. And, like, everyone's doing their own thing. Everyone's disguising as something. Yeah, dude, you, there's some a lot sort of, of shit going on with football. There like, is so much, life. man. And so even just what you were talking about, how, like, literally – so the offense is playing this game, right, with pre-snap motion. They're playing this game to try to get you guys to show your coverage, to try yep. to get you guys to show what you're in. And then literally you guys are on the other side on defense going, yeah, we know what you're doing. We know what you guys want us to do. All right, here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then you know the offense is trying to think – it's, it's literally just yeah, it's back just and forth. forth. It's just the most complicated – And it happens all game because you make adjustments throughout the game. Yep, you make adjustments. You see, all right, man, we need to try the zone. We need to try – man, we need to try mm-hmm. cover six. We need to – it's crazy, man. Like, if you really, really want to get into football and watch football, it is – by far the most complicated. Um, yeah, like it's, and it only gets more complicated as you go up. Exactly, levels. exactly. Like, like high school in general is it's it's actually pretty depending on how well your program is. Like it's it's it like our be, offense. I'm gonna be. tell you right now, I straight up didn't play offense just because it was too complicated for me. Yeah. So like I went I went to defense because there was just too much going on with the offense. Yeah, I mean, and even defense, and I thought it was easier, but defensively, like like you you don't gotta know. Okay, I'm a DB, right? But that doesn't yeah. mean I only got to know about what I have to do on that specific play. Because if I don't know what this guy's doing, I don't know where my help is. I don't know where okay. I have to be more aggressive, more passive. You know what I mean? And you do have to know a little bit what the offense is doing because if you see certain formations mm-hmm. or, you know, like motions or stuff yeah. like that, you got to know what they're doing. And that's where, that's where studying film just comes in. Like that's, that's on each player individually. Exactly. Obviously, you get team periods, but individually, like you really got to – take notes, remember it. Like you just got to break down each person, every play. It's, it's ridiculous. It's a lot, but it's, it's worth the grind, man. It's so fun. It is fun because once you realize, and even, I mean, I'm not saying that I, I'm, I'm seeing crazy things out there, but even though that I have just a little bit of this knowledge and I can see a little bit what's going on and I can see a little Mm -hmm. bit behind the scenes of the chess match, it makes the game so much more fun to watch. Yeah. You're like, Oh, Okay, so Tyreek just went yeah, in motion. Guessing plays, you, you can start realizing, like, why he did what he did. Like, it, it just exactly. makes the game more understandable and, and more entertaining to watch. Like, there was a play, um, and this was where I was going to bring up other teams, because uh, Buffalo does this a lot, but specifically the, the play in the Green Bay game, it was their first touchdown with Devontae Adams. And I don't know if you remember this, they motioned – they started him on the far side of the field um, as the top receiver – and they motioned him all the way across, like all the way across the formation. Mm-hmm. And you could see, because Ramsey, right, is covering him the whole game, like shadowing him. And you could see Ramsey's trying to figure out what the fuck to do. Because he's like, he comes across and he's like, oh, shit, do I, do I drop him off to the next guy? And he's like, no, I got to keep following him. Yep. And he just kept following. He had no idea how far Devontae Allen would keep going down, the, like going down. And eventually he just ran into the flat and caught the easiest touchdown pass ever. And um, if you remember, like, if you see the play, you can see Jalen Ramsey literally yelling at his teammates, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. Where was my help? Where was that, my that's what, And like I said, dude, it's all it takes is just one person and the whole play is blown, just like that. Because all they had to do was just was bump it over, right? Yep. Next thing you know, we got Jalen Ramsey screaming at his linebackers and safeties. And then, and then 
the hardest part about following your man when they're motioning all the way across, even halfway, is you got to make the decision. You have a half a second to make every decision in football that you make. Exactly. Right? You got you to decide, all right, am I going to go in front of these linebackers or behind them? Am I going to go behind the safeties? Am I going to go in front of the safeties? Like, how far is he really running across? Because some guys will run across. You can't even run into them because if you run into them, then they're going to get a wide open pass. Like The play will be – sometimes, like, they'll be full sprinting across line of scrimmage and they'll get right before the center ball center. Next thing you know, yep. you're in the middle of the linebackers and the safeties and they're all coming forward and, they're, and they're you got to go forward, to the side. sideways and you don't, and you guys have no clue who's going which way. And then <laughs> that's how, that's how easy it is to blow a coverage. Just like that one person. Yep. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's why it happens all the time. And that's yep. why defense is so hard, especially now because you can't, you know, you can't do a lot of the stuff. I mean, it's been mm. well said. Uh, you can't do a lot of stuff you used to be able to do, but and so that just makes it even more hard, right? Like you, you have to literally be perfect to stop these quarterbacks, especially guys like Mahomes and Allen who can get out of the pocket, and uh, like it's impossible, like it's physically impossible um, in the NFL to stop these guys. I feel like it, it's. I think I think it's just because of the the rule changes, and I personally I think they're soft. A lot of the rule changes that they made are, are pretty soft just because, I mean, like, it, it's football. Like, there's only so many things that you can stop them from doing, right? 100%. Like, obviously, obviously, there's safety procedures. Like, you don't want to – you don't want these guys getting head injuries. But, like, you know how hard it is to make a tackle without lowering your head? Like, even – like, guys will have their head up coming down, but they'll still call it targeting for lowering their head because they made contact. But well, it's hard to hit a person and not use – like, do certain motions. And, and that's just, like, the toughest thing for me It's like – some of these targeting calls, it's like you, you can't – either this guy's already going down, like he already, like, started to hit this guy and he spun right into him, start, stuff like that. Like, it, I hate the rule changes just because it makes it harder defensively. Yep. But, I mean, you can only do so much. Like, like you can't hit these quarterbacks like you used to. Like, and that's a huge difference. That makes a huge difference in the games. Yeah. Especially for guys like J.J. Watt, like we were talking about earlier, or Chase Young, because guys like those, dude, you give those guys a free shot at QB, like you could – could have two years ago like Mahomes isn't making it this far through the season the way that he did Lamar's yeah. not like all of that stuff so I mean it, it changed the game you're 100% right it, it definitely changed how the game is played and on top of that you know just where where quarterbacks are playing and how they play like how comfortable they are yeah it, it definitely gives them more comfortability to be able to sit in the pocket and, and make those throws because they know the second I start this throwing motion, this guy's most likely going to ease off on this hit. Otherwise, I mean, it doesn't matter where this throw goes because it's going to get it's going to get called back. Your man Josh Allen though, he had a pretty bad flop there, my guy. He had hey, a hey, bad one. Give this guy. You know the rules, play the game, but Dude, give, this guy, give this guy an Oscar and the MVP, man. That was a great play. <laughs> That gave him a first down that they needed. Wasn't that, wasn't that on third down too? It was a third down, bro. That was a third down. Yeah, no, that was a. That was, play. that was just magic. He looked at the ref the whole time while he was falling. He was like, "Come on, man! You know you want to." He was falling down. He was like, <laughs> "Yeah, come on, man!" And you see that? You see that? <laughs> As he's falling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was that was the best acting performance by far of the weekend, but. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I find that funny, you know. That's that's your guy doing, doing it. But he's just he's just using the rules, using what's given to him. So mm -hmm. you can't hate. 
can't hate. Uh, no, but I 100% agree with you on all of that. I, I think that uh, it's definitely changed the game. And it's just – it's made it so – I mean, you could say it's kind of more fun to watch, but really, I mean, it's, it's harder to play. It's harder – it's yeah. changed where, where the game goes. I mean, we yeah, – 100%. There's, there's not – I mean, there was a couple low-scoring games, 17-3, to 3, but, but, like, the Ravens are really the only team that still is probably capable of putting up, like, three points. Like, yeah. the Titans, the, any playoff team, the Colts, Chiefs, uh, Packers, like, they're pretty much guaranteed to put up two touchdowns, three touchdowns a game and yeah. field goals. So, Or at least definitely getting in field goal range. Like Pat, exactly. like like the Chiefs. That's why that's a that's a really like hard part about playing the Chiefs is, dude. You could stop their off. You could have a lot of offensive st- or defensive stops, but if you're letting them get within field goal range, the only times they can do that throughout a game. One of the best kickers in the league. So that's what I'm saying. No, they know what they're doing, man. They they they're they're, they're good. unstoppable, and they're gonna be really good for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, um, as long as they got Patrick Mahomes, they'll they'll be nice. And I don't think he's leaving anytime soon with all that money coming in. Yeah, I mean, as long as long as they can, as long as they can pay him a, a half a billion dollars, they're gonna be. <laughs> yeah. So, as long as the team doesn't run out of money, which I don't think they will. Definitely uh, not. Revenue is revenue is definitely not a problem for them. Rev- they just need Patrick Mahomes, and they're gonna make enough money to pay him his contract. Yeah. So. <laughs> He's, he's, he's a machine, man. That dude is every commercial. Him and Baker, it's 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 just switches off every commercial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it Baker or is it Patrick? Yeah, there was uh, one. Time, quick, I, think, I, think I was with you when we were watching that, and it was yeah, like three back to back to back Patrick Mahomes commercials. Exactly, and then you see like five back to back Baker Mayfield guys, yeah. progressive or whatever commercials. But so we should get into the second half because we we've, we've talked a lot about the Chiefs. So, as you guys know, if you watch the game, Patrick Mahomes got hurt, and uh, the Browns had a chance. They really Dude, had a chance. The city of Buffalo was jumping when Mahomes got hurt. It was not it, only not only for that fact, but for the sole fact that if Cleveland won that game, the Bills would have had one more home game this season. Yep, yep. Bills would have had a home game. It would have been the two most you know down bad franchises in the league. Uh, playing each other, huh? oh man, it would have been great. But Chase, never mind, not Chase, not Chase Daniels. That's another backup white quarterback. Whoa. Chad Henny. Hey man, I'm not gonna lie, that guy kind of scared me when I saw him bust out that first run. Yeah, man, pretty hard, bro. Like there was no nerves in his system whatsoever. Like this guy's coming in in crunch time, like. Like their season yeah. is on the line in this drive, and he comes in the game, and he's like, "Dude, I'm I'm with this." Like he's he basically said, "I'm that dude." He did. I mean, so he basically said, "I'm that dude." And he even had that 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 dart to Kelsey. I was I it was the third down, or it might have. I don't think it was a fourth down, but it was a third yeah, down, and they had to have it. It they was um have it. Hold up, he who do you think there was somebody in the flats? Uh, Tyree Hill, found Tyree Hill on that third down, that last third down. If they got that first, that was that was that was the game. That was the game. I was on my toes, man, watching that. So this is the another thing is is what the Chiefs do, and I wanted to ask you about it or talk to you about it, is they love 
and it's the most unstoppable playing football. And the Bills do this too, and it's, it's why the Bills don't run the football very often. They love running that guy out into the flat. And it's so unstoppable because you have the fastest man in pads on planet Earth on your team. So it doesn't matter if you have a cactus with a fucking robotic arm back there, if you've got a goddamn slingshot, like a six-year-old with a slingshot, you just need to get the ball five yards down the field in some vicinity of Tyreek Hill, and it's going to be a first down. Um, I mean, it's unstoppable. If you can just motion him across and get him moving on the run before the snap is even snapped, before the ball is even snapped, you get him on the run, over. Dude. As a DB, how do you guard that? Bro, let me tell you, we actually, I, I experienced, there's teams we played with guys like that, where it's like, we don't want to give this guy more than two yards if he has the ball, because otherwise he will make everybody miss and he'll be gone. Yeah. Right? Like, like these guys, like, are just open field guys, athletes. Like, they don't even got to be good at football. It's got to be athletes, and you give them the ball, open field, untouchable. So there's this kid, there's this kid that goes to Chandler. His name's Karan, uh, Karan Adams. Okay. He, as a freshman, he broke the U.S. record for track for a 100-meter sprint. Oh, Bro ran in like 9.9 .9 seconds or something. Some oh, time as a freshman. Yeah, just a so like, dude, going into this game, like, we, we, we put in a whole new defense. It was like, all right, we're taking out a linebacker and we're putting two DBs on oh, this guy. Okay. Okay. We just put two, two DBs basically on this kid all game. And he had we we shut him down. Obviously, we didn't shut Chandler down because they're Chandler. Nobody yeah, I mean, managed to do that. So, but like we managed to basically hold his stats just by not giving him open field. Yeah. So so basically, what you're saying is you need to have two guys on him and make sure that you stay up in him the entire time. Yes, but here the thing about that is is you you can only do that if you trust your other guys are everywhere else on the field that they're going to stop those guys. Yep. You're looking at the chiefs. The reason why I work so well with them is because you can't, you really can't do that to the chiefs. Cause if you double guard Hill, you got Travis Kelsey. Bro. I mean, you play basketball. So you'll know that if you play basketball, it's like running a box in one. Yeah. Um, All day it, buckets. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you're just, you're just running a box in one basically. And so now think about trying to run a box in one on the Kansas city chiefs. Like, you're screwed. You're done. You're just going to give up threes to Kelsey. Really, you just got to kind of go out there and just grind it. Like, there's nothing you can do. You just got to run the plays and just do it as best as you can. You just got to hope. Like, you just got to hope. I, like, that's what I was saying before is you just got to play a perfect game. Mm -hmm. And literally, it's got to be 60 perfect minutes because if it's 59 and 30 seconds – and you could still lose because it's going to be tied, and then you're going to have one bad play, one blown coverage, Tyreek yep. 85-yard touchdown, bye, game over. Like, it's it not – like, you have to play 60 minutes of perfect football. And to be quite honest, there's only been one team in the playoffs that has, and they took them to overtime, and then the only reason they won is because they won on a coin toss. Yeah, so, like when you think about it, this Chiefs team. I feel like we gotta change. I'm sorry, sorry. Let me just say this real quick. The overtime. I think we gotta change the overtime rules. I think we need to roll with college. Mm -hmm. 
I agree with you. Like, I hate that whole, like, all right, if you score your first drive, you win the game. They don't get another chance. If you don't – Please give them a chance. If you don't, then then you – so, basically, if you're, if you're on the first drive, you can't win on a field goal, but they can. <laughs> but, like, it makes – like, that's, like, so dumb to me. Like, at the 25 and let the boys go to work. <laughs> or even – I mean, if you want to argue that it's too – like, just put them at the 45 then, whatever. Yeah, yeah but, like, seven on seven. We start at the 40. Yeah, so I mean, I 100% agree with you. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Yeah, I doubt it, but no, I mean, so like, if if you go back and look over the last three years with with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback, they've lost one game in the playoffs. So one game when they were really, really trying, and it was because they lost a coin toss. So this team yeah. is like, how do you beat them? Like they're literally one yeah, of like, the back to that. How do you beat them? forces i've ever seen like maybe the warriors in in the nba would be the only thing i can compare them to when they they basically are the warriors of the nfl right now and the reason i say that is is because you like offensive like there's like with green bay like really if you think about it if you stop Devonte adams you can maybe stop green bay you that's, can stop green bay. that's that like you can really make a good argument there that that'll be like a decent game changer right the problem is you can't stop Devontae Adams. But, yeah, yes. yes. No, there's a – there. theoretically, there's a plan to stop Green Bay. And that plan is to, is to target Devontae Adams, right? Yeah. And um, with, with Kansas City, right, there are – actually, any team. A team that has a really good pass game, how do you stop the pass? You, you bring pressure up front mm-hmm. and force them to throw the ball quick, right? So that means you got to man up. So you can't do that against you that. You're going to get burned. pressure and this guy gets out the pocket. Oh shit. You're in man coverage with Tyreek Hill and a scrambling Patrick Mahomes. He's either going to pick and up the, once the QB down. scrambles, all your routes go out the window and all like defensively, the second that QB is out the pocket, don't matter. You're still, you're closest guy to you. You're on him like glue, no matter where he goes. Offensively, your route's out the window. You're just trying to find open space and get the ball. Yep. And you got Tyree Kill trying to find open space with a guy chasing him. And you got Patrick Mahomes running around freely. Oh, and your backup option. The ball without looking across the field. Like, yep, because your backup option is the second greatest tight end ever. Yeah. That's <laughs> your backup <laughs> option. Like, do we even have to talk about your backup's backup? Yeah, like your backup and who's, who's Sam almost Hall. as fast, who's almost as fast as Tyreek Hardman, Chris Pringle, like, <laughs> like dude, it's dude, ridiculous. You can throw to anybody on the field at any time. No, I mean they're they're, and then and then yeah, I mean you, if you just want to sprinkle on everything else, like Patrick Mahomes is the greatest like on the move quarterback probably ever, just throwing the ball on the move. Yes. Like there's probably no one better ever. Maybe Aaron Rodgers, but that's it. And then, oh, yeah, they probably have the greatest offensive head coach ever and probably the best offensive coordinator in the league. So it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's – yeah, you could say that. But, I mean, also I think the reason those guys are only so good is because the system that those guys are using are working with the players they got. That's true. I mean, Andy Reid has been doing this. I mean, that's every team. Every team, every team only works if, if you put a system in that works with the guys you have. Like, you can't, you can't hand um, Patrick Mahomes uh, Tom, uh, Tom Brady's playbook. Yep. Like, it, it, he won't do the same numbers as Tom Brady because he's not a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. You give Tom Brady Patrick Mahomes' playbook, he's not going to do as good. Why? Because the dude can't run like that. So, 
No, I mean, and that, I mean, that's part of being a good coach, right? Is, 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 uh, being able to adapt your, your yeah. Coaching. Make adjustments on the fly and not, you know, not being stuck to what you want to do. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, so I don't know if it's, it's luck or, or you know, fate that Andy Reed got the greatest quarterback <laughs> ever to be on his team with, with, uh, you know, the greatest set of weapons around him that we've seen, like just everything just came together, you know, everything just it all just landed in his lap. Like he got did. everything handed to him basically like here, it here's did. a dynasty. Have fun. <laughs> Have fun. You know, eat some cheeseburgers. Dynasty so, like, probably, probably get a nice, nice amount of rings. <laughs> I mean, he better, he better. I mean, if they don't get, I mean, what's yeah, signed a ten-year contract? Like, if they yeah, don't get like four, Mahomes, probably at least three or four more Super Bowls before yeah. they get four or five. I would be, I would be yeah. a disappointed. And if Tom Brady can do that with with the weapons he had, I think Patrick Mahomes can do that and more. Like, oh my gosh! I mean, we'll see. I mean, oh, okay. Here was a main thing I wanted to bring up with you. This is a great, great segue. Um, I wanted to talk to you because you're a DB, so I wanted to hear your opinion. I think I texted you this, but Tyran Matthew, I think he is the best safety in the league. I have it saved. I have it saved. I'm going to read it to you verbatim. Yep, I think Tyran Matthew. This is I have some strong thoughts on Tyran Matthew. The honey badger from All right, this is what you said. This is what you said about Tyron Matthew. You oh. said Tyron is the best safety in the league. He's Jamal Adams with elite coverage skills. I mean, that's a fair statement to make. Is because it? I, personally, I would say that Jamal Adams is the best safety in the league. Overall. But, overall. but if we had to get specific, Tyron Matthew is just as good and can cover better. So, so I mean, if you really want to talk to me better, like if I had to pick one, um, chances are, like truly, I might, I might have to go with Matthew. I, he is. But I mean, I mean, you can't go wrong with either one. You can't go wrong with either one. But if you were to just build a safety in a laboratory, like IQ, coverage skills, you're picking tenacity, like, like the fucking yeah. honey badger. Like honey badger don't give a fuck. Like this, yeah. dude, and then, this I mean, that's how that's how you have to be at safety. You just kind of gotta like forget about your life, really. You're kind of a contract about your life, saying I don't care what happens. I'm gonna go in there, and I'm gonna just bust somebody up. But then he's also the smartest dude on the field most times. Like you know, mm-hmm. I mean, depending on the quarterback. But other than the quarterback, that dude is probably the smartest dude on the field. Like he knows yeah. everything that is happening. He's reading every cover. Yeah, we talked about that actually. Yeah, um, he is, uh, you know, I mean, he's, it's, it's kind of a cliche, but he's the quarterback of the defense, really, Yeah. Um, for Kansas City. Uh, you know, sometimes that's, that's the linebacker for a defense. Most of the times that would be the Mike. Um, but for Kansas City, I mean, Tyran, when you watch him, he is, he's a linebacker someplace. He's a DN someplace. He's a yeah. spot corner someplace. He's, he's, he's lethal from any one of those spots in the field. Exactly, and that's why you I said you don't want him blitzing you. That's for sure. And like then he may not be a defensive end like Chase Young, but that guy is so much faster than you. And the fact that his size combined with his speed 
Like you're not gonna you're not gonna reach him. You're not gonna reach him simply. He's gonna go around you. He's gonna be in the back. I mean, and, and, and I mean, it's obvious you're an LSU fan. We've been done seeing this. Yes, man. I, showed you my, I showed you my, uh, my LSU jersey. He's the reason I got that. OG Saturn, the OG Matthew jersey, baby. The, the year, the year I got that jersey was Tyree. I mean, that team, that, I mean, that team was just ridiculous. That team was ridiculous. Um, They've had multiple ridiculous teams. If you look at the roster for the past couple of years. Yeah, but looking way back, that 2011 team was honestly the one that kind of started this whole run, which is like guys on that team. I'm I'm gonna look this up, but they had uh, Eric Reed, Tyran Matthew, Jarvis Landry was on that team. Odell, Odell was on that team. They had Jeremy Hill. Didn't Patrick Peterson go there? Yep, Patrick Peterson. He might have been a year. Ah, he might have been on that team. He was drafted in 2011, so he was the year before. He was the year before. Sure. So, actually, Patrick Peterson yeah. is the original um, – he was the original number seven. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. he kind of started it all up. All right, so so Dante here, he's he's an LSU fan. I'm an LSU fan. We – we uh you know we go way back so Dante I uh, this is this is a very this is off topic but I'm actually gonna I'm gonna read you some names because these names right now are bringing up some some memories LSU baby let's hear it LSU we've got do you remember we'll we'll play a game do you remember do you remember Ruben Randall Ruben Randall oh or Alfred Blue. These guys were these guys were OGs on LSU. Jordan Jefferson uh, was the quarterback with Zach yep. Menberger. Yep, Zach Menberger. Oh my God, dude, Sister that Rupert. name, that name, bro. That guy. <laughs> that that guy was, was, on. was on this team. People love that guy for so long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He was an NFL player. Okay, so here we go. Odell. Um, oh, Brad Wing. I don't know if you remember Brad Wing. But no, he, he's that raw punter, bro. He was raw. And then had he, that, was, he had that, that, that legendary fake. Yep, the kicker turn against Florida where he got called back. <laughs> that was so raw. Walks up, whole team just going down there, and he takes it all the <laughs> way. Mingo, he was a classic LSU guy. He's in the league still. Um, let's see, man. Where? Yeah, I mean, Odell, Jarvis Landry, uh, you know, it, it was it was the quarterback. The quarterback was holding him back. I mean, you put Joe Burrow on this team, this team's probably going to be the same exact. Um, same exact outcome, 100%. Same exact outcome. Because you, you could say that, that, that Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson is just like having Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. Exactly. And that's what I've been saying, man, forever. I've been telling anyone that, that's known me um, every year, you know, they say, hey, Jake, what do you think about LSU this year? I go, we have the best roster. This is literally what I, you know, I know my dad will probably be listening to this, so he knows I'm, sp- I'm speaking the truth here. This is what I would tell people every year, and you'll agree with this as an LSU fan. They'd say, Jake, how do you feel about LSU this year? And, you know, LSU every year would probably be ranked around like seven or eight or six, you know. Around there, we'd be always top 10, but never in, like, the top five. And it never felt like we could really win the championship. Yeah. So I would say we have the best roster in the, in, the, in the country. Our defense is just as good as Alabama's. We have the best running backs in the country because most years we would. We'd have Leonard Fournette or some crazy dude on our – we have the yeah. best wide receivers. 
we have one of the best coaching staffs in the country, and we have one of the worst quarterbacks in the country, and we're not going to win a championship. And that's it. <laughs> Very factual. And I was like, if, if you quarterback, give, I literally would say, if you give us one year of one good quarterback, I swear to God we will win the championship. And, and look what happened. We got one year of one one year of one good quarterback, and then this year. Yeah, how, about, how about this year for a turnaround year, right? I, I, I'm, we just need to find a quarterback. I was burning, man. Suck. I don't think TJ. So, so did the other three quarterbacks that they played. Yeah, no, I don't. We got some film this year, bro. <laughs> I don't really. I don't. Yeah, man. I don't know where this team is gonna go. Uh, I know. I do know that they do have a really good recruiting class coming in for the next two years. Yeah, we talked about this. I mean, Ogeron's going to recruit his ass off. They'll get five yeah, stars. I mean, so I we'll be back. I we talked about this. The biggest thing for LSU was I was, I was worried they were going to fire Ogeron, and uh, I just think he's too good of a fit. He's too good of a leader. Yeah. Really, when when if if we him. talk about football like coaching, I think really it depends on the coordinators for how good your offense and defense is going to oh, be. Oh, for sure. For um, sure. Like if you want a good offense, hire a good offensive coordinator. If you want a good defense, hire a good, hire a good yeah, defensive coordinator. Because your, your head coach only does so much. I mean, you obviously. should not be hiring a head coach to coach a defense or an offense. Your head coach needs to be – like because it's physically impossible for a head coach to have that many responsibilities, right? Mm -hmm. Agreed, 100%. 100%. Um, I'm going to pause this real quick. We're going to take a break here. I need to go get my computer charged. All right, we are back from our break. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, we have covered all the games pretty much, uh, except for that last one we talked about. Just talked about Kansas City, uh, Kansas City, Cleveland. Uh, I guess we can wrap that game up real quick. You know, Cleveland, so like we were saying, Henny came in. He made some, some big plays, big run play, big throw to Kelsey. And then he had that big fourth down conversion, which honestly was just a great play call. Um, yeah. Any anybody with a working with a working arm could have made that throw. So you know he did. He came in. He did his job. And uh, you know a, a, another thing was just Baker just couldn't do it, man. He just couldn't yeah. get it in the fourth quarter. And I, I I mean I think it just started from the beginning of the game really when he didn't get again like you said earlier he didn't get that many drives. In the first half like and he was playing well in the first half he had yeah. I mean I don't know if you want to call it momentum but he definitely had like a good rhythm going mm -hmm. um, that, that second quarter definitely was was a completely different outcome than the first quarter obviously um the first quarter was just slow he didn't touch the field really at all yeah I mean he let I mean, he to say at least he really just honestly I think he just couldn't get into it early on in the game because he didn't get the opportunity yeah 100 percent. and then in the second quarter he touched the ball. He had one drop. I think it got ended with penalties. And then that second drive, they put together a great drive. Yeah. Dude, they were marching. Dude, there was a bunch of drives where they had where it was just like, – like we said, just unlucky things just happening to them. Like, they beat the Chiefs got to play perfect, and they didn't have a perfect game. Yeah. I mean, exactly. And then to compound it, I mean, they literally got their chance. I mean, you – We've never seen Patrick Mahomes get hurt, so this was the first yeah, time no, he has ever had a chance like this. Your defense had to step up, and and they didn't. It's simple as that. They didn't, but I mean, they he did. They were close. They were close, but they they sold the bag on on two two key plays. They, they, I mean, they, I mean, the biggest play, the biggest play, obviously, was that third and fifteen. I mean, they they had to put a stop there. Yeah. And 
I, they just I didn't mean, capitalize. They had the, they had the chance and they didn't. They they didn't do it. They didn't execute. They didn't. They. And so, I mean, like we said, there's a lot of hope for the Browns. They're young, good coach, good team. So, it's not like they're going to be going anywhere. They, yeah, first they're going to be a healthy Odell, fresh off of a whole offseason of training. Healthy Odell. I talked about this, too. I would be interested. I, I hope they don't, you know, get rid of anyone on that team. But I would be interested to see what they do with Odell just because yeah, – They definitely they could do play, a lot. Game. They played a half a season in the playoffs without him, right? And they played really well without him. I mean, they got. They I got, almost, dude. I, I, I'm, I'm scared to say this, but I almost want to say that they played better without Odell. They, I mean, I think once he got hurt, it seems like they, they almost played better. I think you can make that argument, and I think that that argument can be true and false at the same time. Because I mean, I mean, it's Odell Beckham. He definitely is a game changer if you, if you put him on the field. That's you know? why I think they just need to figure out how to use him correctly. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. They're not. I don't think they're using him the right way. Exactly. Um, I just think it's because they don't. He can do so many things. They don't know where to put him. And when he was out, right, it made their offense so simple. Yeah. Because like, then, then it gave him number one guy. Yeah. Because because you, with Odell on the field, that's like you could put him and Jarvis at either of their positions, and they'll do the same thing. Yeah. Well, okay, so, I mean, I'm just kind of thinking on the fly here, but it seems like NFL team, like receiver groups, it's either it's either for good receiver groups, it's either you have one main receiver that is just unstoppable and you put some guys around them. So, like, what the Bills do with Diggs, what the Packers do with uh, Devontae Adams, yeah. or you have this receiver by committee thing, which is what the Chiefs and the Browns do, where they have – a deep guy that can I would say off. I would say that the 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 Bucks are in that conversation too. I think the Bucks, Bucks are in that conversation simply just because they have three number one receivers on their team, so they have yeah. to be able. yeah with with Gronk like dude, and you put that with Tom Brady. Tom Brady was was with New England all, all I almost say almost all of his career for the majority of it he was he had he was that guy with one solid guy and a couple of dudes around him. Because he had Gronk, who he could depend on at any time. And then there was – they were – you never knew who was going to be the new wide receiver. Every year was basically exactly. New England. They were always getting a random dude who was nobody in the league until he got to New England. Mm-hmm. And Chris Hogan played for Buffalo. Absolute trash. We released him. The next thing you know, the dude's winning the Super Bowl ring. Exactly. I mean, we saw that with everyone. But, yeah, so I just think it made – like with the Patriots, it just made – the offense simple for Baker, right? It made – if you want to go deep, you have Higgins. If you want to go deep, you have Peoples-Jones. Like, you have two guys that can go deep. If you want to go short, we got Landry, we got Hooper, and we got Ninjoku. They're going to be running short, like, in routes. Ninjoku's so huge, man. Like, I think he's underappreciated in the league. He, he is. He he's is. such a great tight end. And so, when you throw Odell in there, it's like, where is Odell? Like, do you put him in the slot? Do you have him go deep? Do you have yeah. him – like it's, I mean, he you can use him at, at any of those. He's he's a deep threat. Like he can down the field. He has great speed, great routes. He can break somebody off really short and get open. He he can run an intermediate route. Like he can do it all. He can literally do it all. If you need to run a screen, he'll do that and he'll get yards after catch. Yep. So my question would be: If you're the Browns, do you look at maybe trading Odell for for a couple pieces that you would need? Maybe you know some pieces on defense, some guys in the secondary. Um, you know, just because it's, it's – Yeah, I, I think if you could definitely 
it's one of those situations where I like him, but but the fact that their offense is working without him is really at the end of the day you don't need him. Exactly. Like, so it's one of those situations where open, so you can really use him and free up so much money, and you can bring in guys. You can bring in multiple guys on the offensive line. You can bring in draft picks, whatever you need, draft picks, all of that. Like they can. Be, I think it could be something they might. I hate to say this because I, you know, I hate to, you know, I don't want to see Odell get traded for bad reasons. Yeah, I no. really just think it's one of those rare, rare cases where the it, it would be literally beneficial for every single person involved. Like Odell could literally go be a number one wide receiver for like some team that really needs him, like he was in New York. Mm-hmm. Like he could be like a Devonte Adams somewhere. Where yeah, he, like, oh for sure. He with like a good quarterback, and it's just him and the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um. And then it would help the Browns. Hey, they could bring Buffalo, my, Buffalo could work something out. They got a lot of money to spend. That would be scary, you know. I mean, I the would, are always rumored, but we got to see if they get a quarterback. I mean, could the Patriots get Deshaun Watson? So, or, I mean, Deshaun Watson and Odell. I mean, that would be. I think Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. I think I, I think he knew that this year was going to flop. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he's got a, a, a few tricks up his sleeve or if he he's here soon, but he definitely has got some sort of plan working here. Yeah. Um, in he's not getting team. Trevor Lawrence, that's for sure. He's not getting Trevor Lawrence. No. He's 100% getting Deshaun Watson. He could get, like, someone like – And the way that Houston's making these trades, bro, they might get they might get Deshaun Watson for Cam Newton and, like, and like a first-round pick. They, I mean, because he wants out of there. So, he's – I mean, he might just not play this year. So Right up. But, I mean, there's definitely I'm not – That's that will offer him. No, I mean, I don't think he should play. I think that uh, – I just – what he's going through is horrible. So Yeah, terrible. Get out of Houston. And so – yeah, man, we we've uh, we've talked about all these games. Let's let's get into to this last one here. Um, it was hyped as the game of the weekend. Breeze Brady, the two goats going at each other for the last time. It was going to be Breeze's last game if he lost. Uh, we have no. I mean, Brady's probably going to play a couple more years, but you just don't know at this point. And so, yeah. coming in, we were we were excited. We had no idea what was going to happen. Both these teams are absolutely. I mean, just offensively, both teams are stacked. Defensively, yep. both teams are stacked. I mean, this was just this. I mean, this could be a Super Bowl. Uh, very yeah, no, no, I, I think, I think that, like that, basically, that basically was a Super Bowl game. Watching that game, yeah, that. I mean, that if that was the Super Bowl, there would be based no on, based on the score, the outcome, everything. I think that like that would that could have been a Super Bowl game, hundred percent, hundred percent. And uh, it it came down to to who. Lost to Father Time first, and that was Drew Brees. First time, might I add, that uh, in, the play, in the postseason that there was two QBs facing each other that were uh, 40 year older. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. And they're both still – I mean, obviously Brees isn't that good, but they were both still playing at a high level. I yeah, mean, I mean, Brees, I mean, Brees took him took pretty deep, and – I like have a bad year. He just had like a like a terrible year. Like he's like for Drew Brees, that was a bad year. For another quarterback, that's a great year. You know what I mean? It it wasn't as bad, but it kind of reminded me of Peyton Manning's last year, where 
Drew Brees knew that he had limitations, so it was just all, like, quick little throws. Yeah. You, you could tell – like, it was very obvious watching the Saints this year that Drew Brees had no chance of throwing the ball. I mean, dude, Jameis Winston came, comes in for a trick play, goes 56 yards, right? That's the longest touchdown pass they had all season. And, and I, I mean, I tweeted at the time. Everyone was talking about it at the time. There's one reason Jameis Winston's in the game. I mean, Taysom Hill can't throw. Drew Brees can't throw. So they got one guy on the roster that can throw the ball deep. And why else do you think he's going to be in the game? Yeah. And he, he ends up having – his one throw ends up being the longest throw of, of the whole team all year long. And, I mean, that's like, that just shows, like, Drew Brees, like, his, his strength is gone. It's his, not there. He has not had a completion – like, a play for more than 50 – or I think it was, like, more than, like, 36 yards, like, his biggest play. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was obvious he was done. He threw three picks? And, I mean, they were pretty bad picks, especially in that lot. I mean – you take away – personally, I think if you take away Kamara, they don't even make the playoffs. No, 100%. Kamara I mean, was, was the reason their offense won games. I mean, and I, what happened to Mike Thomas this year, I know it's probably because of Breeze, but, yeah. I mean, she's Breeze, that guy. He zero went, catches? How do you have zero catches in a game, bro? Zero And zero touchdowns for an entire season? What? Like, man's – how went from the greatest season probably in receiver history to worst. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if you want to blame that on him. I don't know too much about. I'm gonna give it. To, I'm a, like I I got love for for Mike, so I'm gonna say that it was on Breeze. I do too. Man. I can't see Mike being that bad, man. You don't have a season like that and then do that. Like you're not no. Yeah. No. I can't, I can't see Mike Thomas just falling off a cliff like that, especially if he's not, like, getting arrested or some shit like that. Like, nothing's wrong with the dude. Like, uh, that's mind-boggling to me that he, he had zero touchdowns the whole year. And then, like, I didn't even know he was playing in the game, and I watched the entire game. Like, I didn't hear his name once. Dude, I, I, was, I was the same exact way. I, I literally asked. I looked at my dad right straight in his face, and I go, yo, is Mike Thomas, like, playing? Like, where's he been at? And he was like, Dude, he's right there at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, like, isn't that supposed oh, to be the best wide receiver in the league? Like, aren't we supposed to be scared of him every single play? Like, oh, yeah. Like, where's Mike Thomas? Like, really not. Oh. Shit, I'll end up with Mike Thomas after that game. <laughs> yeah, damn, man. Like, that was crazy to see. That was probably the most surprising thing that I saw from that game was in the whole year. I just – the Saints team, I mean, they were so good this whole year. Their record was good. Defense were good. Statistically, they were at the top of the league, like, always. Um, but it was just weird. It was weird. Yeah. You could tell that there was there was some weird – I mean, obviously the injuries and stuff, but Mike Thomas is having an off year, and it just – I don't know, man. They got they got some stuff to figure out. I hope they keep Jameis and give Jameis a chance. But we'll Yeah, see. dude, honestly, I think Taysom's going to start. And then I do, which I, hate, I don't. I mean, honestly, so this is something that I kind of thought about. And if we if we want to do a little NFL history lesson, in the NFL in the forties, uh, fifties, and sixties, they used two quarterbacks, uh, and yeah. in the seventies, they used two quarterbacks. They would shuffle quarterbacks in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, they would basically it, be like running backs. How they are? It was every single other position. They would just shuffle them in and out. Um, sometimes they would have a running quarterback, a throwing quarterback. Sometimes they would do both. But mm-hmm. they were literally just, like, interchangeable. 
And so um, the most famous example would be the Cowboys team that won the Super Bowl with, uh, with Tom Landry and uh, shoot, Terry Bradshaw or was it? Yeah. No, yeah. Terry. I think it was Bradshaw. Wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Let me, let me get a fact check. But basically, no, he played for the Steelers. That's right. That's right. I'm getting my quarterbacks confused. Who's the other? Who was Terry Bradshaw's rival? Cowboys quarterback. Uh, oh, my gosh, man. These guys are going to kill me because I'm failing my NFL history lesson here. <laughs> From 70s. I'm going to be so mad at myself. Roger Starback. And the other quarterback was Craig Morton. So, Craig Morton and Roger Starback. Um, I mean, most people know Roger Starback. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. People don't know who Craig Morton is. They would switch play. They would, they would come in and out um, every play pretty much. As uh, you can watch. You can watch, like, a documentary on this. It's on YouTube. Like, stuff. that today? Like, you can't do that in the game today. You couldn't, but it would be low-key very interesting to see – Here's the thing, though. Try to do some sort of running, throwing type of thing with Jameis and Taysom. There's well, the thing about that is, it's like there's certain positions on the field where you can't you can't sub out and and expect to consistently do well. You know what I mean? No. Nope. Like I think I think DB is a position where you can't be in a rotate or in a frequent rotation in and out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's uh. Like D line, D line subs. And, yeah, and no, like D line, D line subbing in and out all the time. But um, that that just that just depends on 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 the defense that you're calling. You know what I mean? Because obviously, if you're going like a forefront, or and, and if you want, let's say you want to go run heavy, right? Like run stop heavy. You're gonna put in some bigger boys. Mm-hmm. If you want to attack the quarterback, you're gonna put in some of those bigger, more athletic guys. You know what I mean? So um, like those guys that that's like that's needed at their position. Um, for DBs like. You never know what play is going to be a run or a pass. hundred percent. You know what I mean. So, so you you need to be able to get in a consistent flow and stay with that. And quarterbacks kind of the same way. Think about it. Like, if you're if you're rotating in and out, and and you have like one bad drive, like to say like you you just go over three incompletions. Yeah. You go in again. Like that's going to be in your mind. Like like then you got to watch a drive. Like if this guy in front of you does good, it's like oh shit. Yeah, no, I mean, this guy just threw a 70 yard touchdown. Now I got to go in. What if I shit the bet again? They might just keep this guy in. It's at that point, it's like, all right, well, this guy's working. This guy's not like, let's keep this guy in. You know what I mean? So that's, so, so that's, that's kind of my look on that on why you don't see that nowadays in the NFL. And that's why we talk to these football guys, man, because they know the game and they know not just the statistics because people like me who just look at statistics and watch the game and aren't in the locker room mm-hmm. just think oh man, maybe I don't know the, the the statistics of a game it's another to know what's going on in the game like, like the feel of the game you know what i mean exactly that's where a lot of people get lost in discussions of best receiver in the league well how do you want to talk about this because there are there are dudes in the league who like People will say that Devonta Adams is the best receiver in the league based on his statistics. Mm-hmm. I will tell you right now he is not the best receiver in the league. I'll tell you uh, that DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the league, even though he had but, but, you know, his stats weren't great this year. I will still say he was the best receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But you could also say 
you know, Devontae Adams might have the best release in the league. His yeah. He like, might be the best in the league. You start going like, if you put everything together, it's DeAndre Hopkins. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, 100%. Best hands, 100% DeAndre Hopkins. You want to go best release? I think best route, actually route running, I would say Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. I would say he's a better route runner than DeAndre Hopkins. But I think if at the end of the day, if, if I need one receiver to go – Man, if I, if this is a man situation, even even not man situation, if I just need one receiver to throw to. I'm gonna choose Deion Crowell. Hundred percent. Um, and that yeah, no, I agree with you. And then another like situation where it gets, you know, fucked up between casual fans and and football players is is you know people like having discussions like this where I'm like, well, maybe you know if they had Taysom Hill come in the game and ran the ball on first down and second down. And then Jameis could come in the game and throw it past. And then, you know, they, they could just do that all game and it would be perfect. But, you know, you need to you need to think about how that would affect the team, how that affects the rhythm yeah. of the game, how that affects the momentum of the game, how that affects the locker room. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, if, if, if the momentum starts going bad and, and downhill and, and one yeah. guy has a bad drive and then the other guy starts looking at the guy. Start yelling at each other and then uh, – like, it, there's a lot, a lot of different ways it could go bad compared to if you just have one guy that you trust and you're confident in. And I mean, obviously, if you just have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, it's just here's here's half a billion dollars and do whatever you want and yeah. go some Super Bowls. Um, because I mean, we literally saw like when when a guy like Patrick Mahomes goes out of the game. I mean, it was crazy how much that game changed. Like every single yeah. player on the field played differently. Every single player looked differently. Mm-hmm. Like that's all, and all it takes is one play. Exactly, and it, it's just one. If play. that happened, if that happened, that could have happened the first play of the game. Like that's the craziest part. Like uh-huh. he got hurt the first play of the game. Next thing you know, the Browns blow him out, yeah. and and the Chiefs don't even score. Like, I mean, if we're if we're comparing like football to chess, Patrick Mahomes is is the ultimate king. Like, oh, ultimate ultimate king. Like. If that dude is out of the chess game, the game's over. Like that's just an automatic forfeit. Like bye. <laughs> it doesn't matter if we got Look our- at Tom Brady. Look at Tom Brady. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. New England goes from being a not like a team that you already every year. It doesn't matter preseason. You're gonna be like, all right, low key. I think it's gonna be New England, and then you gotta figure out who's gonna who's gonna win on that side of the bracket. 100%. Like that's how you would look at New England. Now, to, now that Tom's gone, nobody's even talking about it. Yep, and, and look where he is now. Look where he is now. Exactly. I mean, the Super Bowl. Nothing's changed. Not it's it's crazy. When's the last time the Bucks were in this position, bro? That ben guy is crazy. He ben is a robot. I mean, we talked about earlier how we don't like him, but it is. That's hard. what I'm saying. I hate the guy, but like, dude, that he's the real deal. It's hard not to like and just like I don't like Tom him either. and just like, all the work he does and. He's crazy. Yeah. He's a real psychopath. Uh, I mean, I know you're a big golf guy. Do you have uh, HBO? I do. Have you Have you checked out that I Tiger, check Tiger's thing out? I just started it like literally two, 20 minutes before I left to go to dinner before this podcast. Oh, no. Yeah, man. You got to check it out, man. I finished it last night. It is... It is so good, like so so good. Um, so, 
Yeah, I mean, all the different stuff that they talk about. I mean, just when you were talking about how good – when we were talking about how good uh, Tom Brady was, it just made me think about that Tiger documentary because Tiger and Tom, I feel like, are are very similar. How about Tiger's son? Did you see that? Did you see any of the videos of him and his son playing in that pro-am? Oh, I know. He's – Bro. How good this little kid is, bro. This kid is – I think it was like – I think he was 11 years old, 10 or 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Like this kid is born in like 2010, bro. Yeah, no. Right, like this kid is young. This is a father-son tournament. So my friend uh, who goes to Notre Dame, his name is Sean Layman. He, his dad is like um, one of like the best golfers like of his time. And they're in this pro-am, right? Keep in mind, this kid is my age, like, like yeah. around our age. He's a great golfer. He's going D1 in golf. They placed behind this kid. No way. Like, yo, but this kid was but but Tiger's kid was making like like 30 foot putts. He was dude, he he put him on the green for an eagle on a part five with like a nasty like hook shot that like that like you the average golfer like couldn't even do if they tried. Like like they wish they could have that shot. Like this dude is just Bro, like different, people, different. People put bets on this kid already to win majors. Like oh like, I see I did see that. People got, like, bets on this kid, like, to, to win his first major. Like, I think it was by the time he's 18 or some shit, or, like, 16. I mean, who? <laughs> I think 100 people, but watching this kid play, I think he genuinely, he will be in the PGA by the time he is 18 years old. Well, 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 then you definitely need to check out the Tiger documentary because yeah, like, it sounds like this is just happening. What happened to Tiger is happening again, which will be very interesting to see yeah. what happens. Cause and, I mean, dude, if your dad's Tiger Woods, like, kind of got the best golf instructor you could ever ask for in the history of golf. Yeah. I mean, not, if there's, not even, like, at, at least halfway as good as he was. Like, that's just sad. Yeah, 100%. I mean, oh. but at the same time, I don't – after you watch the documentary, you'll learn. Uh, Tiger's dad, Earl, was, was he was almost just as crazy as Tiger. Uh, and I mean, there's a reason. There's a reason Tiger is like how he is, and uh, it's because of his dad. Oh, I believe uh, it, hundred percent. His dad is crazy. Uh, but man, we've been we've been all over the place. Now. We talked about Tiger. We talked about LSU. We talked about all the NFL games. Jeez. Anything else, man? Anything else you got you want to talk about? Hey, man, this is your podcast. You got the topics. What's up? I, I, whew, I don't know, man. I'm, I, I'm almost out, but any, I mean, that's why I'm asking you is, is uh, you know, anything you, you, were, uh, you were thinking about during this, this thing, you know, and you wanted to bring up? Or? Um, I want to bring up the fact that just want to remind everybody, Buffalo Bills are going to the Super Bowl. The Buffalo Bills are the going. Bills are going to the Super Bowl. I'll be in attendance, and when they win that Super Bowl, bro, we're gonna have you back on the podcast. Dude, I'm coming back on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll show some pics, some videos. Yeah, we'll get a full. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna basically I'll, send Dante to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I was about to say, I'll give you guys the recap. Like, everybody can get the, the Jake Albright podcast exclusive from Dante at the Super Bowl. I'll go in maybe. Yeah, man. I mean, we can get you on the website even, man. That'd be fun. That'd be really fun. That'd be dope. 
I mean, seriously, bro, you could write an article or, or do a vlog or something about. Yeah. Hey, you already know. You already know me. Both businessmen. We could talk. We could talk something about. Yeah, man. I love that, man. You, you know, if you're lucky enough to be able to go to that Super Bowl, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's in Florida, so they'll be they'll be allowing people there. Oh, happy. dude, Florida's Florida's open for full capacity. That's why it's that's why it's there. I uh, know, man. You can have a full capacity Super Bowl. Obviously, yeah. the NFL probably ain't going to let that happen. They'll probably do half or like sixty percent. But but if you're a Bills fan, it's worth the, it. I mean, no, the Bills Bills are buzzing. The wagons uh, are circling. <laughs> wagons are circling. It's a good year to yeah. be a Bills fan, man. That's all I got to say. It is, which is which is ironic because it's not a very good year in general. But it is a great awesome. year to be a Bills fan. Keep me going every night. <laughs> sleep peacefully is knowing that I got Stefan Diggs catching the ball from Josh Allen. Like, we got I'm, hope, man. Oh, I got takeaway Trey on defense. Like I don't even got to worry about it. Takeaway Trey. That's another LSU guy right there. That's yes, BBU. Right out the boot. Um, all you, all you Texas, you know, Ohio State fans who think you, you're DBU. That's just that's so false. That's I will say, false. look, I, I I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna, I will say that Ohio State has better DBs than Texas, low key. They do. I mean, Texas oh, is just. Oh, I don't even want to talk about Texas. Hard, just, like, I don't know, man. I think I think Ohio State produces better DBs in the NFL. Oh but. yeah, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus, uh, the guy on uh, who's the guy? Oh, Marcus Hooker, isn't that his name? And then the uh, the guy that got drafted um, three overall, yeah. And then the guy on uh, who's the guy on the Lions? Oh my gosh! Man. Oh oh oh! oh he just got him. he just got drafted. Um, oh, Akuda Akuda Jeff yeah Akuda. yeah Jeff Akuda. That guy's gonna be no uh, Okuda. Be the best of them all. Bro, Okuda, I was about to say Okuda's really that nigga, bro. Like, yeah, Okuda. He got injured this year, so we didn't get to see him too much. Uh, like he didn't get too much hype, you know, because he got injured. But he's going to be fucking good. Uh, yeah, so LSU, they're DBU, but I guess you could put Ohio State second. I guess. I guess. Yeah, I guess. LSU's also white. Well, Alabama's up there, but LSU's I mean, Alabama's the wide receiver. You, yeah, you know, we don't even talk about it. We're LSU fans. We don't even – I shouldn't even be saying that. I was going to say, yeah, we shouldn't be talking about Alabama. Nah, we're not, that's, we that's, talk about that team. We're not that team. That team. Yeah. I mean, they had their year. They had their fun this year, but it's all right. Yeah, it's they, all right. they think they're all that. It's whatever. But just know that we, you know, Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson, they would, they would have beat Mac Jones. I mean, they did. They did. Yeah, I was gonna say they did. <laughs> they did. You in would, they literally did. But you know, if you want to do that whole thing again, run it back sometime. Yeah, Joe Burrow's getting that win every single time. Fat ass, fat ass Mac Joe Jones ain't doing anything ever for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, he will be. He will be. About to be. Uh, but man, Dante, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you for yeah, spending course, time man. with us. Uh, whenever you want to come back on, talk football. I know, sadly, the season is wrapping up, but like we talked about, you know, you might be going to the Super Bowl. But, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, some, we'll definitely have some some more topics. Worst, yeah, worst case scenario, I mean, if if yeah, I don't even want to say it, but if you know, if you somehow don't go to the Super Bowl for some odd Patrick Mahomes reason, um, wow, you know, 
love i'd love to you know you, you you've got an open invite on the pod Dante. so hey say less you know what yeah, well, <laughs> we'll, do a live. We'll, we'll do a live podcast reaction if, exactly if, if, if Patrick mahomes breaks your heart we'll, we'll we'll see that we'll see you crying yeah, yeah but, uh, that's, if I, that's if i even feel good enough to make it out the crib bro <laughs> we will I'm see I'm everyone we'll dark 30 on everybody for like a month Next next weekend, man. Next weekend when you're watching that game, man. Keep Dante in your thoughts. Yes. I mean, you'll probably if you follow him on Snapchat, you'll be seeing you'll be seeing his hijinks. <laughs> throw the podcast uh throw the podcast a like for a prayer. Yes, yes, give us a review. Hopefully we're good luck for the Bills, man. Hopefully. Yeah, Circle the wagon. Circle the wagon. You, be, you um, better be putting money on my bills too, Jake. Oh man! I mean, we're gonna see the line, bro, but bro, bro, uh, how are you? They're winning this game. Okay, all right, all right. Everyone that gambles out there, I know there's some people listening that gamble. I mean, gamblers listening. I right, look. I'll tell all the gamblers. It's nice and close to the mic. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So all the gamblers out there, sports betters, that are betting against the Bills. Uh oh, dude. If somebody reaches out to me and gives me a serious offer, I will double that. Uh, put money on the bills. Put money if you want to bet on the bills, and you don't have a if you don't have someone to put money on, go find Dante. Yeah, facts. <laughs> take fact. your money. That's what go I'm saying. Money. Oh man. You ain't got. If you can't find nobody putting money on the bills. You know where to find me. You know where to find us. We are a Bills podcast, officially, officially, officially. We're a Bills podcast. We're rooting for the Bills. Uh, so yeah, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, spread the word to everyone that's listening, and uh, we will see you guys next week on the NFL Pod Round Two. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Have a good night, y'all.